every story is different, but you got to go into it with a really open mind. And if this thing takes a different direction, talking to, if it's an expert about that field, if it's a sports psych expert, if it goes in a different direction than you thought, great. That's a different kind of story than you thought, but that's a good story. That's a different story, but that maybe that's a different story that hasn't been told that someone can really use. Even if it's just one viewer could really use that, that's invaluable. Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellet. How do you consume stories of resiliency, of peak performance, of athletes combating mental health struggles, the mental side of the games we know and love? What kind of news outlets are routinely sharing those anecdotes? Are you subscribed to or a member of any of those mediums? Today's guest created his own medium. Chris Jackson is the founder of West Coast Preps, an online media platform that curates high school sports content for the San Francisco Bay Area. Via this platform's outreach on social media and its showcases, Jackson has been able to fill a void of local high school sports reporting. There's a lot of people in your corner and we're trying to help bring people just utilize their talents, their skill levels, their life stories through our platform and help out kids because at the end of the day, it's about helping kids and helping people. Through his storytelling, he's also been able to tackle the more serious issues coming out of areas like Oakland. He's told stories of gun violence's toll on high school athletes, the impact of teammates gone missing, and familial trauma. He loves getting to help athletes tell their stories outside of the sport that they, at times, use as a form of escapism. He takes inspiration for his reporting from outlets like the Players' Tribune and features stories on ESPN. I think media coverage of that's improving. In a lot of ways, it's probably not exactly where we want it to be yet because it also depends on how maybe certain reporters are going into stories and what they're trying to get out of it and whatnot. But I think I'm seeing a lot of outlets do a better job at reporting that stuff, going through, talking to different athletes. And I think the Players' Tribune just having an outlet that just has athletes say it in their own exact words, like Kevin Love did and some other athletes have done is really beneficial because Probably the Players' Tribune is a really good outlet that they're going to be most comfortable to share because they're sharing their entire story in their own writing, their own words, their own videos. There's nothing wrong with talking about that stuff and mentioning it and pinpointing ways that we can improve and just ways to help everybody out in sports like something that's really grown. I know ESPN's featured more of that stuff, Sunday NFL Countdown. We're watching stuff about that. I think every week, I want to say, during the NFL season, they were featuring kind of a, a story about that stuff. College game days show some stuff, especially when Tom Rinaldi was doing a lot of their stories. And you know how much I love Tom Rinaldi and the stories that- Tom Rinaldi too. Yeah, right, exactly. We've talked about him for years, but I think on a lot of these shows, you're seeing more of those stories really come out. Kevin Love has been a regular contributor on the Players' Tribune platform, penning seven mental health-related articles following an in-game panic attack that took him out of the Cavs-Hawks game in November 2017. Love told Yahoo News that, quote, I had never experienced anything like that before. I thought I was having cardiac arrest, or I was having a heart attack, and I was going to die, end quote. Since that game, Love has become a figurehead of sorts for the role of the mental game in professional basketball. Love's Player Tribune articles were publicly recognized at the 2020 ESPYs when he was awarded the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage for his work to destigmatize mental health issues. This award symbolizes contributions professional athletes have made that transcend their sports. He joined an elite group that includes Muhammad Ali, Billie Jean King, Nelson Mandela, and Pat Summit, among others. 
loves Espy's award speech went viral on social media. When I first shared my own personal story about mental health, I did not expect the incredible response that I received from my peers, from the league, and from sports fans all over the world. I'd like to also personally thank my brother, DeMar DeRozan, who inspired me when he first shared his story. DeMar, I could not have done this without you. When I think about those I am joining as an Ash Award recipient, Humboldt does not even begin to describe the feeling. Billie Jean King, Muhammad Ali, Bill Russell. I'm not gonna try and do justice to all that these trailblazing icons have achieved, but I want to recognize and remind you that when they spoke up, they were not greeted with the warm reception that I was. They knew that change isn't always pretty, but that history would be on their side. And in light of all that's going on in our country today, I accept this award as both an honor and a challenge. A challenge to not only continue on my path, but to push beyond it and stay vocal, even when silence feels safer. I thank you again. Jackson said that seeing the NBA allowing players to speak so candidly about issues off the court helps aid in the dialogue surrounding the intersection of sport and mental health. Basketball especially is just a medium in a sport where they're very open about these things. It's very player friendly, right? And I think that's a great thing too, where players have a lot of power and a lot of control because they're the ones helping bring in a lot of money, of course, for the business, but more importantly, you're understanding who they are as people. And they're very, they're going to be very open. I know Warriors players are very open. Lakers players are open. Spurs players are pretty open as well. I mean, every single organization, you're seeing a lot of players open up about that. Media coverage is really open up about stuff. The Athletic does a fantastic job about stories, especially I know just being a Bay Area person, I read some of their stories, just Marcus Thompson, what he writes about some of these players and their life stories and their struggles, how they've kind of gotten through some of that to maybe their father passing away when they were young to all of a sudden being in the G League. And then Steph Curry gets hurt for a little bit. He comes, Quinn Cook comes into the league and then hits some shots. All of a sudden he's an NBA champion and there he is holding the NBA trophy and absolutely bawling his eyes out because this wasn't supposed to happen to him. Basketball is a sport that does a great job. Football is starting to get there. Football starting to get there. I'm seeing, I've seen a lot of soccer players really open up too. Soccer is a great sport where I've seen a lot of mental health stuff really be brought up. Baseball, I'm starting to see some of that too, but basketball, especially in soccer, a lot of times too, I'm really seeing those sports do a great job just discussing mental health and sports psychology and intertwining that with the game and talking about how important that is and having professionals on site or whatever that is to really help you get through these times and share your stories. If you've ever been on Twitter or in the comments of these players' Instagrams, you know all too well that sometimes vocalizing these topics elicits responses like, we don't care what you're going through as long as you can produce, or why should I care? It's a plethora of little comments like that on social media that remain counterproductive to attempts at change by elite players, coaches, and team personnel. It's really sad to hear that too, because a lot of times people look at these athletes and in college too, we look at these college athletes as they have to entertain us. They got to put their body on the line every week or a kid opts out or whatever it is. They speak out about something and you get, they're getting sent in death threats for goodness sakes. That's a 20 year old kid putting in a lot of their time. So you could be entertained on a Saturday afternoon. I don't think we understand that, understand what they're doing the entire week to really do that. Sure. Maybe a lot of us are working throughout the week to working 40, 50, 60 hours, whatever it is, but understand the sacrifices these people are making. So we got to humanize these athletes more.
That's something I've said a lot the last few years. We just look at them as, hey, when's the next time you can score 30 points for me? Why didn't you play well in that NBA Finals game? Why couldn't you catch that pass? And we just bash these guys. And they open up about their personal lives and their stories. And we're like, why should we care? You're an entertainer. No, they're a human just like the rest of us. I don't, a lot of people that are saying this would never say it to your face. Instead, if they saw it, they'd be like, hey, can I get an autograph? Can I get an autograph? Just trying to benefit themselves, right? But we got to understand that these athletes are human beings, just like the rest of us. They have families to take care of. We don't know what they went through to get to. Like LeBron James, sure, is he a freak of an athlete? Yes. But did he have any business getting to this point? No, because his childhood was crazy. He went through a lot of different struggles and look where he is now, right? He went through some stuff and people just look at him as an athlete. People just look at Steph Curry as an athlete or a pawn for their entertainment. The first step in humanizing athletes' mental health struggles is to create stories that seek to tell more about the athlete off the field than on it. Jackson brought up Dior Scott, whose story was made public via Netflix's Last Chance You. He was living in his car for a while and nobody knew that until the show came out. Then people found out that he kind of said he was couch surfing. Now he was sleeping in his car for a while. Then he got a work study job, got some places to stay. This kid ended up getting an opportunity to be a walk-on at the University of Hawaii. He got his own bed. He said that first night he was in a bed, he sobbed, he cried because just the power of having a bed was unbelievable to him because of everything he went through in that kid. His first day in Hawaii too, the coaching staff there took a head coaching job at Washington State. So now it's like, what's he got? He's got to prove himself to a completely new staff that doesn't know him. Well, guess what happened? After his first season at Hawaii as a walk-on, he just earned a scholarship. I mean, the last chance you storytelling for that, especially for that kid, was one of the best stories I think I've ever seen any outlet produced. Credits to Netflix for that story. Anyone that hasn't watched this last season of Last Chance You, I urge you to watch that. Dior Scott's story is remarkably powerful. I mean, it because he, he what he would do, he would he had football, he had class, and at night he was working at Wingstop. Then he was sleeping in his car. Then he was going back to school on football every day. And then to get a chance to where he finally had his own bed in college at Hawaii to earning a scholarship shows that almost anything's possible. And he overcame mental health struggles through just people helping him. And now you see this kid all the time and you see the smile on his face. How do you that not make you want to smile to see that kind of story? Jackson said that long form documentary storytelling does a fantastic job at explaining in depth the scope of these athletes' journeys. Recently released Netflix docuseries, The Last Dance, chronicles Michael Jordan's climb to success in the unforgettable 1997-98 Chicago Bulls season. And The Last Dance probably wasn't even meant to talk about some sports psych stuff, but you heard about Michael Jordan's mindset. That was ridiculously crazy. I mean, his mindset was unlike anything I've ever seen, but that's why he went 6-0 in the finals, right? But besides maybe seeing that for a little bit on that documentary, you don't see a whole lot of sports psych documentaries, and I think those would be a great thing to watch, and maybe there's a way those things can be told more on, especially a platform like Netflix. Maybe it's a Netflix exclusive, right? Maybe an ESPN 30 for 30 does something like that, but there's a lot of ways we can do that. That's a great storyline, and I, you'll get access to that in a lot of franchises, a lot of organizations, because they're really focused on that nowadays. And that would be a story I would love to see shared more and get that mental performance side because a lot of mental performance has to go into running a 4-2-7-40, right? You got to have mental performance to even train for that, but we just, we just go through what's the physical thing. How much are you squatting now? Are you squatting 525 pounds? All right, cool. All fun and games. That's impressive as heck to do that. 
but what's the mental performance side? And there's more to just the clinical, like you said, and there's people you can talk to in every single organization that'll sit down with you for an interview and help you get a story and point you to other people you can talk to, maybe other doctors that they know that they can talk to you for the story. You can talk to athletes just about what those individuals have done for them and help them really increase their mental performance and put that to its absolute maximum potential every single day. So how does sports media implement thought-provoking, mentality-related questions into more widely sought-after mediums? Sideline reporting is a great way to start. Yeah, I think sideline reporters, they, a lot of that goes into too. They do a great job with injury reports. They do a great job getting some of those details or something happened on the sideline. They're right there to hear what the coach said. But questions a lot of times we do hear asked, how do you, how do you feel? How did that feel? Of course, we know someone hit a game-winning three. That felt great, right? How could that not feel great to kick a game-winning field goal or throw a game-winning touchdown pass with 20 seconds left? But there's a lot more to it. How did you get to that point? You call a timeout with 20 seconds left, and all of a sudden you guys had two big plays that got you into field goal range. What happened in that timeout? Ask what happened there. What changed? What was the, your message to the team, and how do they respond to that? What did you guys see from the defense that allowed you to open up opportunities? We noticed, hey, the quarterback called an audible at the line of scrimmage. Why does he have that power to do it? What makes you trust him like that? And what made you decide what kind of went through that thought process? Maybe you talked to the quarterback after the game. What made you audible? What did you see in the defense that got you to that point? That's going to be a really good answer. He's going to break that down to where the viewers can really learn about the game more, right? So the next time they watch that sport, football, whatever it is, they're thinking, wow, okay, I think I see what he's talking about now. That makes sense. Maybe they'll audible like that again here. What's the offense going to do is in this situation, right? But until we're asking, how did they feel? Of course, we know how you felt after when you came. That's obvious answer. The collective sports media entity has made great strides in the last five years, approaching clinical topics like anxiety and depression, as well as societal issues like gender pay gaps. As long as reporters like Jackson exist, and player-first news sources like ESPN, Yahoo Sports, The Players' Tribune, Netflix, and smaller sports media sources continue to give athletes the platform to open dialogues, we'll be able to move the conversation of athlete mental health forward. Thanks for tuning in to the eighth episode of Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellett. You can follow at Closer Mental on Instagram and Twitter to stay up to date on upcoming speakers and full-length interviews. If you have an idea for an episode or would like to tell your story, send us a direct message. Tune in next Wednesday when I bring on Mario Procopio to talk about women in professional soccer coaching and the experience of representing a national team. See you next week.